This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with three for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. Beyond the pitch, beyond the results, we're here to connect fans, getting them to embrace the highs and lows of supporting your club because we're not just fans, we're a team. With two in three football fans having struggled with their mental health, we understand that life off the pitch can present its own challenges. That's why we're committed to ensuring you have the tools to stay connected with your friends and fellow supporters. Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Hello and welcome to another episode of the W12 podcast. Um, I'm Ben Platt. Again, thanks for tuning in and listening um, and continuing to listen. Um, you know, we we always say that podcasts are always different, but we feel like we're always saying the same thing because the same thing's always happening. And lo and behold, we, <laughs> um, we have a home game at the weekend and um, yeah, script is very similar. But we'll run all through that. Um, just quickly, there's only there's only three of us on today. I don't know if that's the first time for us. We've only had three people on the pod. I don't know. We had a bit of a late. We had someone drop out late. Um, but we've got the usual. We've got Duncan McCready and Chris Hermitage. How are you, lads? Hello. Yeah, I'm good, mate. You all right? <laughs> as good as as good as we can be, considering how uh, results are going. But yeah, happy happy to be on chat with you, boys, as ever. So there's only three of us, right? So that means that all, we're all going to have to talk a little bit more. Dunk, are you okay with that, mate? Because I've, I've been trying to be. I've been. Oh, I got so on the hype train with Marty and the first few like set of results when he won three on the bounce, and I was like, all Mister Positive and talking too much. And now it's just kind of gone the other way, where everything's a bit negative again. And I'm just a little bit like I don't want to say a lot. <laughs> why don't Why don't you want to say a lot? Is it because you're scared that you're going to say too much? Yeah, I don't want to go off on a rant already. Like I was rant, I felt like every single week with Ain with um Ainsworth, I was ranting and moaning, and I feel like I want to try and not moan all the time. But at the minute, yeah. like, like I've got to moan. I want to moan about um Armstrong as hard as it is because he was so hit and miss against Watford that it's just yeah. But we'll we'll get on to Watford in a second. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, look, I'll come back to you in a sec. Then, like, we will crack on with Watford. Um, frustrating that I thought we actually played really pretty well. I mean, I didn't Watford didn't do a lot, and I thought we were the better side, and I thought we had more of the ball, created more, better at set pieces, defending. I thought, but it's just still not enough, and that's the big worry is that when you're playing well and you're not winning, that's a that's a worry, especially at home as well. Um, 
that you know, it's a bit like when someone at the top of the league are not playing well and they still win. Like that's it's it's kind of the opposite, isn't it? When you're at the bottom of the table, and um, the gaps got bigger, and the importance of these next two home games it ramps up again, doesn't it? You know, we were looking forward to these five home games and we've lost the three of them already, um, which is slightly frustrating. But Doug, do you want to you know, kick us off on Watford and Armstrong and what your views were? I, I don't think we're going to play Watford again and then be as poor as they were for large spells of the game. Like Armstrong, I thought, was running them ragged, but it's just he was in the right places. He was doing the right runs. He was causing them issues. But he's got to have scored one of those two chances he had in the second half. Like he did it against Bournemouth. Like almost these ones against Watford were more central. It should have been easier and more of a goal to aim at. I just, it's just so frustrating that he hasn't taken one of them. Like the first one, it was just good. I suppose a good save, rob the rob the defender. But the second one, it's such a shocking heavy touch. Like and it's just so frustrating that. Either one of those, and that's us 1-0 up, and it's a completely different game. We're not chasing it. We're not having to push on. We've got something to defend, something to hold on to. Watford push on, and then we can try and get another goal on a counter-attack, and it would have completely changed the game. And then what happens? Jake Livermore swings his right foot 30 yards out from goal and curls the most perfectly curled shot into the far post. Like, Begovic had no chance. It was just like... Jake Livermore did that shot another ten times with his right foot, and every single one would be Rosehead. Like, it's just so no frustrating. Do you think he had no chance with any of those goals? I, I don't well, know the, why. The, I, the, well, the first one, I think it's you can see it's really curled right into the corner. Like, I don't think as much as it was wasn't hit with pace. It was like positionally, it was perfect. It was right in on the yeah. side net, wasn't it? Like, I don't think he's got yeah, much chance for that. If you look at it though, he's he's let. He, he, He's left like more than half the goal free there. Anyway, appreciate that it's gone right round and curled in. But if you're a midfielder yeah, and you see but... that gap, you're, you're encouraged to shoot more. Appreciate it's a good, yeah. it's a good strike. But I just think when you look at it from, was he right footed? Wasn't it? It was his weak foot. So maybe Begovic is expecting him to try and cut it back on his left and go the opposite corner. I don't know. Like, but the second one, I think. I don't, you don't think you can blame Begovic for the second goal. Is the balls come through bodies? Like Colback's gone to shut it down, and like he's gone straight through his legs. There's other defenders and attackers in between Livermore and the goal. I don't think Begovic can be completely at fault for that. He's seen it late, but like it's it, why was no one anywhere near him on the edge of the box? Why has he got enough time to take a touch and hit it both times? Like that's the bigger problem. That just I don't know. I felt like. Colback, it's just I don't know what he offers us. I really don't see what he gives us. I don't see enough from him against Watford to justify why he's in the starting lineup again. I just it's so frustrating at the minute watching so many of the players we've got with experience not doing a lot for us. Mm -hmm. I don't know what you guys feel about that, like the whole Colback situation. But for me, I just feel like he's a waste of time and money. I think the the coming back to the goal, the second one, we had four men run out to it. Colbat's the closest, and yet it still went through everybody. Like, I'm not saying our players should be running out and like diving in because no doubt we'll do that next time. 
player moves the ball and we take someone out when you don't need to. But it's just one of those, you look back and reflect and you're like, if you'd gone down on the floor, you block that, it doesn't go through. and Because um, that felt like that killed us, to be honest. Like you said at the start, I thought, thought we played really well. <laughs> we created a lot more than we have done in ages. Um, yeah, had the chance, the first half, I mean, pretty appalling watch if you're a neutral or if you're a Watford fan. They created, well, they created absolutely nothing, but they hit the bar from a free kick, albeit offside. But again, that made me panic about set pieces. Again, after that, it was just like, no, we're doing doing pretty well here. But like you said, we said this multiple times on multiple pods, we have to score first. Because if we don't, we're like, okay, well, we don't, we don't have enough faith that we're going to do anything here. Um, yeah, the Armstrong stuff, he's done... I mean, it would have been so anti-QPR to actually score within the first 10 seconds of the second half. That would have been absolutely perfect. Like, harassing a defender, gets in. If he finishes that, I think he then finishes the second one. And I feel we're semi-comfortable. Because, yeah, we were were looking good. But then, even at 1-0, Colback misses a good chance. Yeah, that's his wrong foot, but... He's a he's a professional footballer. The ball's flicked on by field from a long throw. He's swung a leg and it's gone the other side of the post. So I think the the main word I had after Sunday was just frustrating. I'm all frustrated because we played we played well. If we play that game that exact game ten times, I think we win six or seven of them. But the position that we're in, it was one of the ones that we didn't and. Just looking at the home the home league table, we are naturally we're bottom of it. We've got nine points. The next lowest, the next worst home form in the league is Millwall on fifteen points. So we're six points off that. We're the second lowest scorers at home. Um, this is this is an interesting stat. We've we've conceded twenty one home league goals. So of Ipswich, but Ipswich are second in the home league table. Obviously, that's completely different and just shows you if you score loads of goals, it doesn't really matter how many you concede. But like that is just so depressing. And yeah, we'll come on to the weekend about how desperate these next two games are. But um, I want to take the positives from Sunday because I feel there were a lot of them. But if you don't get points, there's only so long that you can take these positives for. And how long they last. I thought Sinclair Armstrong was was oh, it's so frustrating he couldn't finish it. You know, you can't be one on one twice with a you know and not score. Not 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 QPR anyway. Like we won't, you know, you never get he's lucky to get two, <laughs> never mind one. Um, you know, so he's got to take him. But but I thought again, he was he's just gotta keep look. So if I you know, if I'm Martin now, I'm looking at this going, I just gotta play him every week now. Like it doesn't matter. He's just got to yeah. play him, right? If no one's coming in, which doesn't look like it, even if they are, I don't know how old they're going to be. I don't know whether they're going to be starters. Feels like we'll get onto it in a minute, but it feels like we might bring in a you know a youth player in on loan or something with a bit, maybe with a bit of talent. Maybe I don't know, or someone really experienced and old. And I think we're going to go one one way. So I'll just play him every week. Because that centre back for them, he was he was at sixes and sevens again with him. Didn't know he's experienced championship centre back, right? 
every time he got it, he was panicking, right? But where is he? Where is he? Right. So, and I think the goals will come with him. I think that he's, he's behind his development, which is frustrating, but that's down to the club and how we've managed his development. And he should have been out. We've said it loads of times. We won't go through it again, but he should have been out on loan. You know, like the meal, the, the year Mickey Bill was in, he should have been out on loan then. Uh, we had enough cover. Um, and we'd, we'd be getting a better Sinclair Armstrong now. So he's still developing. He's later than he would. But I just feel just play him every week now. He's going to cause problems. It puts less pressure on Dykes as well when, when that happens. It, um, and... But yeah, I thought, yeah. So I just think clouds. it's frustrating that he couldn't finish them. A couple of bad touches here and there, which is frustrating. Um, the other person who really frustrated me, well, two people that were frustrating me, was was actually, if Sinclair Armstrong wasn't as dangerous as he was in, in creating, I don't think we would have created a lot else, right? So, uh, and that's a worry. So, you know, what I mean by that is Chris... Chris Willock, again, anonymous pretty much. I actually thought he was at fault for the first goal. Um, if you look at it, the ball bounces and it's a 50-50 and he is a half fast attempt to try and win it. Easily blocked off by the... I just thought it was too easy. And then he goes and crosses it, it falls to Liverpool. I mean, a few bits happen after them, but I thought that was a bit frustrating and he just doesn't do enough. He didn't do enough going forward. And Ilias chair again, bits and bobs in the first half. Looks, and then second half just went missing again a little bit, um, which is just frustrating because we rely we rely on these players to do something every game. Um, and I just don't know whether, what's going on with Willett, whether his heart's in it, whether he want, he's just someone might make a move for him. I don't know who, but someone you know. Look at the Zell news today, and I think someone will, someone's out there might make a move for him. Um, and I just wonder whether he's got that at the back of his mind. Um, and he just, I don't know, he just look. he started to fall, look like the old Willick again, not the old Willick, because that was a decent Willick, but the, the I don't know what to call that. What do you call that? Medium, medium term yeah, Willick. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, at least he did the, the chance that, uh, the second Armstrong chance that we created was because Willick made a great yeah. run. Begovic, amazing throw. And Willick, again, at full pelt, at full pelt sprint. Um, I thought initially he played the ball too early and it was an awkward ball for Armstrong. But yeah, I thought that. he got, got it to him. Again, we get the bit of luck and it's not going over that chance again. But um, yeah, the only... Whatever front four we play have to gel together. And at the moment, it doesn't... Like, you maybe have two of them gel together and then the other two... Not quite as much, but there needs to, there needs to be more in terms of how they play together. I think I definitely agree with you. I think Armstrong has to play every game. He stretches defense. Mm. It gives so much more space in between the defense and midfield that your likes of Chair Willock and if Dixon Bond is playing, they want the space and they need that space to do better. There was there was a point in the first half where like we won the ball in their half and Dykes is the one traveling with the ball. It was like, please give this as quick as you possibly can. Kind of stumbles on his feet and falls over, and you're like, "Oh god!" That just kind of sums up sums up a lot of his time. Dykes in that number ten position, mate, is better. I don't yeah, think I he's think great. He, don't he get suits me wrong. Us a lot I think better, he's better. But, but I think, give the ball. I think he impacts the game more. He impacts the game more uh, than he does. I think when he's up there on top, I don't know. It's like a trampoline off him sometimes, but 
I feel like for some whatever reason that number ten, when it's if it, it, I don't know, he finds a bit more space because he's a bit freer. I don't, I, I don't know. I've noticed that. I, I don't mind him in that number ten role yeah, too I think much. It, I, I think mean, because look, again, it works. He's not the answer. No, but 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 I those, think that those we need... two that way round works better than Dykes up top and like an Armstrong wide or an Armstrong yeah. in a ten. Uh, I've seen a lot of people say Armstrong's a winger. I, I could, I think he's far from a winger. I don't know. I don't. I, he hasn't been really played there, but I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not too sure. Yeah, I don't agree with that. That's what a lot of people say. It. Well, I, I get the point where like, they think that he can cut in from the left hand channel, don't they? I think like they think he can exploit spaces there and then cut in like he did get for the goal against Bournemouth. Like, but against a rapid fullback, he's not gonna have as much joy as he does when he's pulling off a centre back into that channel. Well, well that so, that and, and you don't when you're in that those left and right, you, you're not always behind, are you, right? No. So you're running in front of defenders. And I don't think he's as good at that. Like, you know, he's very much in behind space, knock it and just run and, and cause problems. Like when he's got a little touches, it get, he gets a bit of end himself sometimes. I've noticed that as well. We, we've got, I think we called that out last week. He just needs a bit of composure yeah. sometimes, doesn't he? The problem we have as well, though, is that when like he does, like Armstrong does that, or like when Smith was doing it when he came on, that Dykes is too far back in that number 10 role. He hasn't got the engine to keep up with him to then be in the box making that number 10 last man run to try and get on the end of anything. Mm. Well, there, was, there was that Smith chance I, where I he think that... put a good ball in the box, but there was nobody there because no one can keep up with him. I've, I've said it in previous pods. I think that we need, a, we need a box-to-box midfielder as much as we need a striker, and we do really need a striker. And I, I've got a funny feeling that that's why we've let Dazel go is we're going to bring a different type of midfielder in. I don't know who that is, but I've got a feeling that someone else is coming in that's going to give us maybe a bit more going forward in that central role. Yeah, I think it's either because um, you, yeah, you you said that last week when you not not entirely suggesting Luke Amos, but a someone like him because uh, he had yeah, the ability I did get a to get DM on that. By the way, you know, we were talking about the DMs and we normally get positive DMs. Um, anyone listening, don't make that start, beyond, you know, uh, anything else than that. But someone did message and said, Luke Amos, big capital letters. Are you mad? <laughs> <laughs> to, be, to give you credit, you didn't, you didn't say, you said you wouldn't have minded him compared to Dazelle. I think Dezel. that's just that, yeah, you, once players leave, we remember the, the good things. It's the same like if a player's on the bench for three weeks, we don't forget all the stuff we were moaning about three weeks ago. But no, it's, it's a player like that or it's someone who controls the game from central midfield because I think that's what we need more. That's what the Fuentes wants. Someone who will get on the ball all the time, make stuff. Ultimately, we want a Barry Bannon. That would be per- yeah, that oh, kind of player would be perfect so in good, our mate. system because I he dictates everything. Just, yeah. But those don't grow on trees. So we're not we're not going to get one unless there's magically someone from Scandinavia who's available on the free that can come in. But we kind of need to we'll come on to the CEO and his comments, but that that isn't going to happen. I honestly didn't think we'd sign anybody this window. Now Dazelle moving on loan creates that little bit of room you need to maybe get someone on loan who's on lower or the same wages. But you need someone from a, a club where, like a Prem club, who are willing to 
ultimately send someone out for free rather than pay a loan fee. What what did you do when you met when you read that Dazelle was going to Birmingham? Why did I had to double check my phone twice? I thought it was a different John <laughs> Percy. I thought it was like a <laughs> fake account. A QPR fan had made a <laughs> fake account. <laughs> I feel like someone was doing what up the R's did and was playing a little joke on everybody with the, like the toilet, <laughs> yeah. toilet thing. Like, yeah, I it's, just, it's, just, it's just mad. Like Birmingham's like scouting and recruitment department. I've obviously watched one game of us last year where Roberts, Laird, and Dizelle all had a blinder, and for some reason they think they're amazing <laughs> signings. Like I don't think that happened. But I know that's it's one of those. I just think why are they after Dizelle? I just don't see what he offers. That any club would want, like. But my worry uh, is uh, with letting him go. Is we've got Field and Colback who are walking disasters in terms of discipline. Fields one booking off a suspension. Colbacks two, and you can guarantee they're both going to get booked against Millwall if they both start. And like it just worries me. Then we're gonna, are we going to be leaving ourselves short in that kind of area? Because if it, if Dizel goes, we've only got what Dixon Bonner. Well, yeah. So, yeah, well, I mean, we put the fingers out else is coming the club in, aren't today because we didn't think that, well, we didn't, we didn't think anything was going to happen. We were told nothing was going to happen. We, you know, we've got a few people who, you know, we're not in the know or anything like that and taking them a pinch of salt, but we, we, you know, we've got a few people that are in and around the club and, and, and the noise coming out is that Dizelle, Birmingham were in, have been interested in him for a while. So I don't know, I don't know how or why or what games they're watching, um, but apparently that's true. Um, that one's been on the cards for a while, I think. But <clears throat> I think Charlie Kelman's one as well. He might be looking to move on. Uh, again, I don't know what's happened to him. I don't know what's happened to him, whether his attitude thing or whether he's fallen out with Marty or whether he's just fallen out with the club. But he's not in and around, is he? And, and things have happened. So he, I think he's looking to move on. There's rumours that the Richards is as well, but I don't know who's going to take him. I mean, I would seriously oh. question any any recruitment of if, if, if we manage to offload him to anyone um, but also that the feelings are that we are looking to bring in a couple of players but again no names or anything but but um, th- th- there could be some movement but I'd, again you, you would have thought that there'd be someone close I would have thought but I don't know if you like I said you're leaving us really short aren't you yeah I, surely though that if they're letting him go it must mean like, like Chris was saying there's wages available they must have somebody kind of that iron up that's either going to be, like you said, a box-to-box midfielder, give us that option. Or, I don't know, like if the Kelman's going, that's another chunk of wages, although probably not like a lot, but it still helps. Richards, if we can somehow offload him, like, again, that's frees up space. So, like, it looks like they're trying to get something done. We all said there was going to be no business. But it looks like they're trying to get some somebody in for Marty that he will fit his system but like it'd be, oh. be like literally thrown a needle in a haystack to guess who it would be he's on fairly good wages to sell isn't he I think that's common knowledge yeah. I think he's on a healthy wage you know if it's 10 12,000 he's on you're saving yourself what 200k by loading them out um you know you're not having to pay his wages so that as long as it's covered in for a hundred percent yeah which yeah. you, you'd like to think there's there's no or there's not no there is very little advantage for us in sending him on loan and having a club not pay 100% of his wages 
I mean, because yeah. almost how des let's say is on twelve. If Birmingham saying, "Oh, we'll pay fifty percent," and we agree to that, that really shows how desperate we are to just free up six grand a week. Um, yeah, and but, how much we he isn't rated with my Marty as well because to yeah. let him go, considering the situation we're in, even if it's until we can bring someone in, which I suspect knowing our recruitment isn't a given, you know, and, and, and so it, it, yeah, yeah, you're right, mate. Yeah, um, Kelvin, Kelvin was a bit of a funny one because he's um, best finisher at the club, right? We say that every year. Well, yeah, I'm, 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 sure, I'm sure someone in the podcast circle was saying like he's going to get goals before the end of the season. He's going to like get right. a lot of minutes. Yeah, it's so, weird how Jack he's... said that and then he hasn't played <laughs> on many pods since. Yeah, he's always on. Don't, on I don't holiday, think I claim goals. I said he might start more games than we expect ahead of Dykes. But yeah, that was after. Yeah, seeing the seeing the ten minute positive cameo against Rotherham, but then it's gone back to <laughs> normality. Um, yeah, but if people aren't part of the squad and they're not, they don't look as if they're going to be involved. That's that's the business they're in, right? Move them on, free up some wage, try to get something done. Um, because that's that's the only way it's going to happen. We can't magic money and movement from FFP out of nowhere. Yeah. He yeah, he's frustrating. Because there were there there's kind of something there, isn't there? Like a lot watch him and think like it could be a little box a fox in the box and but has he even scored a golf QPR? An actual competitive goal. Um, not one I can remember. So I can't mm. Yeah three of us can't Fair remember enough. it's not not a good so, sign, is it? Funny, yeah. <laughs> so, so, any um, other observations from Watford before we move on? Yeah, I thought Colbert was pretty poor. Actually, he's been a, he's been out for a while. So I've been asked to do seventy minutes, so you know, I get it. But he, um, he, I've not been hugely impressed with him anyway. Even before his injury, um, you know, he, he promised so much with those two goals, didn't he, at the start? Uh, um, I'm not really too sure what type of player he is. <laughs> I know we said we've said this before as well, haven't we? Like, is he's not really a he isn't very good. I always like we said. I thought he was a bit of a terrier, get stuck in and win tackles, and and he's not like that. He's it not about passing more was fouls he? than tackles. That yeah, he's a bit snidey player, isn't he? But he, he, I, do you know what I mean? I've not seen him make a crunch like a really good tackle like last week. Is it, the only yeah. And he's on a he's was he on a two year deal as well? If we go down. Picture the scene. All of your mates around, you've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Partner this with your team playing champagne football. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. There's nothing quite like a McDelivery. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. The Talksport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure, 
24-7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Was that two with an op? Was that one with an option? So F- Field and Armstrong have got options, haven't they? Definitely. Yeah. I yeah. looked at when I looked at when they signed the contract. They late or when they signed that it said the club have got an option. So that that was I think we on the last pod we said we weren't sure. Um, but was there any other observations from from Watford? Who lads pulled out? Um, just to say, um, I was gonna say, yeah, I, I put down on my notes, Smith did more than Cher and Willock in the 30 minutes he was on the pitch because I felt like he was more of an attacking threat. Gives us that, like we said so many times this season, like his pace is an asset and it does worry defenders and it stretches the game. But again, like it's got the assist for Dykes' goal, but I mean, it was a massively deflected cross. Like, would his cross have got to anybody if it hadn't had that deflection? Who knows? Oh, come but... on. They'd be horrible. <laughs> like, he's, you know, you can't mow down him for not doing a delivery. He does a delivery. You say he's a deflection. It's the biggest deflection ever. Yeah. Um, but going back to the Kelman bit, no, he hasn't scored for us. I just looked it up. Just get rid. And, 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 and this is what this club needs, mate, just a full get rid. Like, I'm not even remotely bothered about Dizel. I know that's really harsh and, and might be a bit harsh. People might think not, but um, I've just, I've watched him a few games playing hide and seek in the middle of the pitch. Like, I just, I've, I've I, as long as we can bring some another body in, I don't know if it could get much worse. I don't know what he offers. He scored two. Yeah. I mean, the, the, the tweet that Jack put out about him getting more red cards than goals. You know, he's, he's not got many more assists. I know he lives off that assist that he did for Andre Gray, but... Well, uh, like, what's the telling that he's going to go to Birmingham and have an absolute blind in six months and, like, be unbelievable for them? It's just it's just like the QPR way, isn't it? Like, the, someone's average for us well, and they yeah, move maybe, on and they well. suddenly become amazing. I don't know yeah, how, many, don't... how many players have left us and have done that, though. I think no. I think that's the mentality that we have, like... Like, yeah, it's not true, is it? He hasn't even that. picked up a club. Like, yeah. yeah. Ethan Laird, constantly injured at Birmingham. Tyler Roberts, not that anyone particularly wanted him. <laughs> Another one who's just crocked all season. Um, it just feels like... I'll tell you what, he was really it? good. I watched him the other day. I watched Rob Dickey the other day for Bristol City and he was really good. Um, but we've known that there's a good player in there and he, we just ruined it, didn't we? And he could just, there was no return for him. It was Even if we kept him this season, he, he it just needed to move on, didn't he? Like, he just had to. And, yeah. and he, he could have quite easily gone either way. But he, he looked really good. Bristol City fans love him. Just imagine what Marty could do with Rob Dickey. A ball playing centre-back. I'd be like, he'd be the first day on the team sheet under Marty, wouldn't he? That. To be fair, that was a point from Watford. It did seem like Dunn and Clark Sorter were coming forward with the ball a lot more in that game than any game. And that there's an element to which that is dictated by how much you're pressured as a centre-back and the space that is there, etc. But you could put everything together and go, yeah, but if Armstrong's playing up top, he's dragging the defence further back, so there's more space. And then if you're not pushed hard to go into, there were the positive elements of that, albeit I think the first time Dunn did it in maybe the first 10 minutes, he Felt like he almost beat three men. People were so shocked he'd got that far. Then, I mean, the ball he played wasn't great, but it was the right ball to play. And no, I can't remember who it was, whether it was Willock or Armstrong, it was someone on the right. But they were just sort of standing there and then they were like, oh, so I didn't expect that. And it's like, 
well that that's what we need we need people to again just be on it so your foot oh, Jimmy Dunn to be fair probably one of his better games than he's had in recent weeks or months yeah so unlucky like, at the end like yeah that. but he actually I mean, defensively not... he looks solid like we've been very critical of how he's looked sloppy recently but I thought he looked quite solid at the back yeah. I did also make a note about, I thought um, that Jake Clark Salter was sloppy with his um, passing out from the back. I thought there was a few times where he just, like the callback yellow card, that came from a, a Clark Salter sloppy pass. Yeah. Like, I felt there's a lot of lot of our players just play these kind of useless passes that get each other into trouble. Like, we had a corner, Chad, an awful corner, shock. And then Kenny Powell gets a yellow card because what for counter-attack? Uh, like it's all from our own simple mistakes of not being able to like cross a bloody corner. Like I ah, that's something I really wanted to raise. Kenneth Powell and Ilias <laughs> Chair can no longer be on any form of set pieces at all, ever. Take them off. Because they cannot put one decent ball into the box. Ever. I've never seen I've not seen one of them put a decent ball into the box. And it's so frustrating. I'd rather have Begovic putting on a, a cross in. <laughs> Who are we left with set pieces? Because there was a point earlier in the season where we were like, it was Huddersfield away and Dezel put that ball in for Clark Sorton. We were like, oh, thank God Dezel's on corners. If he's not there, you're, you're really running out of people in the team who can, mm. who might be given them. Reggie Cannon, let's give it to him, see what he can do. You just picked it randomly, haven't you, mate? If not even, <laughs> I'll tell you what we do need to do. Though. We need to get we need to get Cook back in ASAP. I don't know what's going on with him again. When, you know, was he fit? Was he not fit? Like, did he just pick? He, I, I, he can't have wanted to. He didn't pick Dunn over him, did he? Or I, I don't know. He's, I don't know. I I felt maybe Cook was just enough, just fit enough for the bench. Yeah, and, and just in case why. needed. Yeah, but um, yeah, like we said. When he's fully fit, he has to play. <laughs> he's straight back in. So Saturday, I want to see him straight back in the team. Um, yeah. So a new um, a new CEO, Christian Dory, I think, twenty six years old. Not that that's an issue, but um, but Lee Hughes into retirement, but not <laughs> in retirement because he's still the chairman. Um, what are you allowed to think about that? Um, like we said, like. He comes from the like, analytical background, which is the way football seems to be going now. It's all been driven by numbers. So he's got that background. It's worked for other clubs. Is it now that's that's going to be our ethos? That's going to be the way the club's going to be run? We Only time will tell if it's worked. Like, he's only been in the job for a week. There's not much we can say about it. Like, I think that the fact that he said he's 26, but with 11 years experience was a bit odd. I mean, when you start at 15, I think just, I feel like sometimes people come into us and they just kind of feed us a line like a load of bollocks. And it's just, just be honest. We're, we're not stupid. Like, we're fickle. Like, you get us one good player this window and we'll all be like saying you're the best CEO ever. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's all we wanted. You don't have to make up some nonsense that you've been in the job since, like, <laughs> you were in nappies. Just... Be honest with us. Let us know what's going on with the club. Let us know how bad things are so we, we can lower our expectations. Come out and say, literally, we can't spend a penny because of FFP. Okay, fans will go, right, it's fine. You've, you've made it perfectly clear there's nothing to spend. It's, that's all I want from a CEO. I just want someone to be transparent and open with us. 
yeah, and I think it was I think it was very important he did say that in his first interview. He was abundantly clear. He was like, look, the mistakes of or I think he said the decisions in the last three years rather than mistakes have meant we can't do anything this window. Um now you think, okay, well, there's been a little bit of player movement, maybe something can happen. But yeah, he's setting his stall out. He's not going. Right. I've already my company have already identified five targets who are golden golden stars and I can get them all for free. Like yeah, like you said, don't feed us rubbish. Um if his company were obviously assessing QPR top to bottom since the summer, taking a positive angle, there's a reason he's decided to leave that company and to now become the CEO of the of the club he was analysing for six months. So is this something he, he knows the club wastes money on people in positions? I didn't know show any ways up. Various companies <laughs> who do do that stuff, yeah. <laughs> It, um, I, I had a bit of think about this um, the last few days, um, and I, I, this is probably not going to go down quite well, but I just think that we just need to be careful with the board that we've got. Which we, you know, I'm not one for the like the clown pictures and the giving them stick at games and when you see them in the street and stuff like that. I think, yeah, I think that we, um, we just need to be careful because. Yes, they've made a lot of mistakes that they need to be accountable for, and I'm certainly not praising them in any way. Um, you know, we've had the Premier League years. Ter- I mean, there's so many terrible decisions, but I I do think there's look they, you know, the 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 best intentions there. Agreed. Sometimes the biggest mistakes are made from the work, the best intentions. But but I just look at some of the clubs in and around football at the moment, and I just think that. I mean, if they can find someone to sell it to, right, at a good price, and everyone's happy, fine. You know, they do their due diligence, and it's. But I just think the more that we stick, we give them, and the more abuse they get, so they might just pack it in and sell it to any Tom, Dick, and Harry, and that's where we could be in trouble. And I just think that we just need. I, I, I look. There's nothing that, you know, from a decision perspective, they've made some awful decision, awful continually. You know, I, I could name four or five off the bat now, like you know. Chris Ramsey should have gone in the summer. Why is he going mid mid season? Why is Les Ferdinand going two weeks before the season starts? Like these are decisions. Someone needs to lead and take decisions like that. You know, um, who bought Macaulay Bond? You know, I think that when I think back to a really pivotal decision to why we're in the mess we are now, I think back to the that Warburton season when um, I think Clive alluded to it last 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 time he was on the pod, but when. We had we had offers for them in the summer. We decided to not sell and, and give it a go, right? We got to a really good position in January. And in that January, we had offer an offer from Chris Willett, which 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 we know. And we decided not to sell, but do nothing else and bring but bring in Jeff Hendrick at the end of the win the end of the window. I just think that was a really, really poor decision. I know it's hindsight and stuff, but you know. We should have either sold him and brought in two or three other players, kept a little bit, or we should have backed him, Warburton, and brought in a few, and maybe pushed the boat out even more, and then sold him, and then in the summer done something. Um, and I just think now we're paying the price for that because we can't sell either of them or anyone. And people have declined. Dickie's declined since then. You know, uh, there's a few that, that have done the same. Johansson and. Austin just went off a ball, didn't they? They looked really good and went off. 
Um, so anyway, that was that's my take on the board. I just think that they need to be accountable, obviously, but they've done this big audit, which is the right thing to do, right? Um, it's just now what they do next. And actually, if I don't, if we did go down, which looking likely at the moment, let's see what they'll do next season, because they can't. They'll be able to spend next season, right? With the FFP the way it is, and, the, and it's to do with wages and stuff like that. So. I don't, know. I don't know what you boys think. Am I being too nice? No, I think you've, you've hit the nail on the head for me. Like, I I look at so many other football clubs. I mean, Reading are an absolute prime example this week, right? Like, people, they get they get a new owner. They think um, there was a season where they spent $8 million on Lucas Jow. And uh, I think it was like $6 million on a... Um, Oh, I can't remember where yeah, the striker it was, was actually from. Like, oh, push, push striker. Pushkas, um, Pushkas. Push that was it. Yeah, good memory. And people were like, oh, they're doing really well. They're spending all this money. They're going to do great. That was the start of their absolute downfall. Now look at them. Like, yes, we, like you said, owners have made mistakes, but they are not the owners of, of a Reading, of, of these clubs that, Fans are then absolutely desperate just to get the owner out of their club. They're willing to take multiple relegations so they can get their club back. So the constant like, oh, our, our owners need to spend commitment, all of this. The fact they put the money in shows that they are committed. I would be so scared if they sold purely because you have yeah. no idea anymore about what kind of people are going to come in and buy your club. Look at the guy who was trying to buy Derby, that American guy saying he made all his money in crypto he was at all the games turns out he'd been committing fraud for two years like that is the potential that you could get in at your club because you can't trust the EFL's um, fit and fit and proper test for owners because that's been proved time and time and time again to be absolute bollocks so people might not want to hear it but we are far better off with the owners that we do have than bringing somebody else in. Um, and Tony Fernandez is an absolute loon. Like I've got no sympathy for him whatsoever. You won't hear me back. You know, you know, <laughs> he, he he made a lot of the, the, the terrible decisions. Um, so you know, he's you know, I get that, but which I agree with. I think that um, it's not, and some of the decisions that we make, all the decisions we talk about, weren't made from them. It's just the people that they've employed to make the decisions, and they've not rectified that quick enough. Exactly, but yeah. that just shows naivety on their part. I think I agree yeah. with, partly with what you're saying, but I do think like they've made all the decisions. Like the reason they're paying two million a month is because they made really bad decisions. Like there's no be all and end all. Like Tony Fernandez got absolutely done over by people like Mark Hughes and Harry Redknapp's letting all these agents come into the club and give us people like Jose Basingua on 120k a week, whatever he was on signing Rob Green and then a week later signing Julio Cesar. Like, why did we need two world-class goalies both on ridiculous money? Like, they, these decisions were made by the board and the owner. Like, they had conversations and they were naive enough to believe people like Mark Hughes and Harry Redknapp about, oh, yeah, these are the best players. They'll keep us up, blah, 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 whatever. Like, that is on them. I agree, like, they're learning from their mistakes. But sometimes you learn too late, and I think that's part yeah. of the problem. 
Yeah, this Christian Nori feels like a last chance saloon, really, for everyone, for them, for, 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 you know, for me anyway. Not whether they deserve it, because they don't necessarily, but I just think at the moment, the position we're in, yeah, it's the better the devil you know, isn't it, I think. Um, and But we said earlier in the season yeah. that it's the board need like the board needs to put better decision makers in into place. Yeah, and that's it. So hopefully this is it, because obviously when they originally brought Hughes in, like you said, we or people felt he had a, a good background in terms of finances and sort of knew knew what to do from that role. I mean, yeah, it, maybe it worked initially and ultimately I think he just lost he lost it in that summer the uh, sorry, in that winter that you talked about, Ben, where he went against what his principles were, i.e. selling when the offers were high and not giving in to what fans might think or manager pushback. It was what is the best business decision? And he didn't do it at that point. And that's when we got into the, the next kind of three rounds of, of rubbish. But yeah, fingers crossed. New guy knows what he's doing and can turn us around. But the amount of times to sort of mention the QPR game plan for as a club in, in that chat, this kind of, kind of made me laugh. I think it, it, it's an element of what, of the way football is going, right? That every club wants to have a, an identity that runs throughout the youth all the way to the top. But there is an aspect to which I kind of feel every club is just trying to copy what an Ajax or a Barcelona have had for years. And that that's incredibly difficult to do. And those clubs have kind of had it for 30, 40 plus years. Like, you kind of don't want every club to be the same, right? Like, you want football clubs yeah. to be different. If everybody's just trying to follow that same model, but, um, but yeah. that reflects onto every element of it, doesn't it? Because that's even down to like how, uh, if you're not playing like ticky tacky football, you're not playing pure football anymore. Like, yeah, unless you unless you're trying to play how Man City play, you're not playing nice football. Like, I'm sorry, but like teams like us, we can't play that kind of football against the Leicesters of our league. Because we have to be solid, we have to be hard to break down, and we have to play a dirty style of football to win a game. We like that is just like we have to play on the counter attack. We can't play possession based. We're gonna string five hundred passes together in each half of the game. It's just not gonna happen. So it annoys me when like people say, "Oh, football purists are you have to play all this kind of nice football." No, you play however you can play to your strengths to win, and it's the same as with any kind of academy approach or anything like that, club club approach. We are in, in a team in London, like there's so many clubs in London with, with academies better than ours. With Like it's hard to get all those youngsters to come through as that model. So is that the right model? Maybe not. Maybe we need to look at say buying in players at 18, 19, 20 from abroad for cheap and doing what other clubs have done previously and make them better and then sell them for profit. Is that going to be the best way to do it? Who knows? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and um, my dad, when I talk to him, Doug, you know, he gets, um, do you know what he says about the board that annoys him the most? It's not the decisions that they make as such. It's more the fan pleasing. He hates it, <laughs> which is the opposite to him, which is really weird because obviously when you make a fan pleasing decision, you're supposed to leave them. But he's like, all we ever do is like, Ainsworth was a fan pleaser, bringing back Austin and, and, you know, and you had all fab. Like, a, a lot of decisions happened. Please, fans, and, and whilst obviously 
to a degree that is important, but not fun to run the club fundamentally by that. I just think that can that can backfire quite quickly because things that fan please and soon aren't quite quickly. Um, anyway, just quickly, I, I want to just quickly talk about uh, Millwall before we end. Um, what what we said? I don't. Um... I can't remember what the big <laughs> what a bigger game was than this in a, what feels like a long time. In, in, especially a home a home game. Um, well, these two home games is the biggest game of, of I think as we've had for for a long time. Yeah, 100%. really. I think if we you know if we lose both, uh, it's curtains, isn't it? Yeah, because in our in our position, these are home games against teams that are before we played um, Southampton. So the the game before Millwall, they were two points above us. Now, I think they're thirteen. 12 points, 12 points above us. Sorry, 11, 11 points behind us. So they've gained nine points since the 23rd of December on us. Like, so they're not, they're not that close, but these teams that are close to us at home, we have to beat them. Draws aren't good enough because we're not catching up with them then. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't have faith that we're going to win, but we absolutely have to win. Hmm. Doug, any changes you'd make? Team. Well, if Cook's fit, bring him straight in. It's an obvious one. If oh, for me, I feel that maybe it's someone like Ilias needs to be dropped again. When he was dropped last time, he came on half time and produced an absolutely like magnificent second half performance. Maybe that's what he needs again. A little bit of a rock up his ass. I feel like Smith gives us such a threat. So I'd I'd bring Smith back in. But then I'd quite easily say after Willock's ninety minutes, like against Watford, like he was awful. So I, he's quite happy to let both of them go off. But you've only got one person to come in for him, which is the frustrating part. But I'd like to see us go. Like, I'd like to see us go with the same kind of formation. I felt like we got at like we. Ha- that's the only way we're going to win, isn't it? We have to go at these teams. So we've got a playing Dykes in that role. But I want to see him try and be as bit closer to Sinks, give him that support, be give him options for passes. The amount of times I saw him kind of in the right back role, like where he's just dropped so deep against Watford, it's just he's then busting a gut sixty yards, and that's not Dykes' game. He hasn't got a sixty-yard sprint in him. So we just need to try and keep them two closer together up the pitch without Dykes dropping too deep. Otherwise, I don't think we've got any chance. We need chairs to turn up, don't we? I always feel like when he turns up and plays better, we've got a much better chance of winning. Um, any predictions there? What do you think, Dan? I don't. I genuinely don't see us getting a result. I think we're going to lose one nil. Chris, I I don't like the fact that Millwall managed to sign Tanganga on loan today. No, ahead of that. I mean, that's a. They would not That's an unbelievable signing. <laughs> yeah, make that loan signing two years ago. Um, and, I mean, I think everybody who watched him, he had one incredible game against Liverpool, which I'm sure a lot of Spurs fans think back and they're like, oh, but remember that one game? He hasn't done a lot since, but I just picture and I'm like, if he starts a centre-back, that's not the centre-back I want Armstrong up against. Like, I want Armstrong up against Jake Cooper, trying to run him into channels. 
Um, so yeah, I don't know. Hopefully he doesn't start. But I spoke yeah, to a, I mean, a Spurs mate, and I spoke to a Spurs man. He said he's not very good. He's he's not a bad. He's he's not a great centre back. He's 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 a he's an okay right back. I mean, obviously that's levels, isn't it? You know, but yeah. interesting that no one else has got him for him higher up in the championship. Um, yeah, and that's a good. But point. anyway, yeah, there's a reason yeah. he's gone to Millwall outside of anybody in the top half. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll be slightly. I say we'll get a draw, but but it's not draw. Good. It has has mm. to be a win. Yeah. My big concern is the fact that Huddersfield have got quite an easy, like a winnable game for them against bloody Blackburn. And if we lose to Millwall and they beat Blackburn, we're going into that game against them eight points behind them. Yeah. And that's that that terrifies me because if we're eight points behind them going into that game and we don't get the result in that game, we're we're gone. Yeah, and yeah, that's that's the, that that is the big worry. Yeah, I think I think it will be a draw. It'll be all on the Huddersfield game then. Get a result and and, and, and yeah, but all right, lads. Well, thanks for joining me. Um, was um and yeah, let's hope we can get a result Saturday. You was, you was. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly teaming up with Free for Mental Health Awareness Week this year. As football fans, we often pride ourselves on knowing everything, from which substitution can turn the game around to the quickest route home to beat the crowds. However, when it comes to discussing feelings with our friends, we might not always feel as confident. That's why we're here to equip you with the right tools so you can reach out to those who can help. If your mates are struggling, let them know that the Samaritans are free to call on 116123. That's 116123. They are there to listen without judgment or pressure. 24 7, 365 days of the year. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com.